Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout the series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. We are delighted to share with you today three short excerpts in the Magnificat Proclaims book from a collection of powerful and inspiring testimonies. Our first testimony is from Diane Bates. Diane is the founding member of the Magnificat chapter in Grapevine, Texas. She has a Ph.D. in physical chemistry and worked in research and development for Abbott Laboratories for 17 years and was quite successful. Listen as Diane tells how she became a new creation through the intercession of Our Lady. My story is a tender love story between God the Father full of wisdom and unconditional love, and one of his beloved daughters, me. God has gently guided me through what I call lesson plans. Each lasted about two to three years. As I reflected upon each of these lessons, I noticed a common thread. I was significantly different before and after each one. In addition, I realized that at the end of each lesson, God seemed to lead me to gifts. I call them graduation presents. These presents help prepare me for future lessons. Before I explain the lessons, I feel I should share the before picture, the old me before my walk with the Lord. I was born the first of two children to Dr. John and Elma DePrisco in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Early on, my parents realized I was exceptionally bright, especially when I set IQ records at all the schools I attended. As a result, my family, friends, and teachers pushed me to achieve. On the spiritual side, I was a cradle Catholic. Our family attended Mass regularly. I received all the sacraments on schedule, but like most Catholics in my generation, I didn't receive any religious instruction after my confirmation at age 12. These two diverging trends in my life, increasing pressure to achieve and decreasing opportunities for spiritual direction, caused me to become very worldly. I attended college and majored in chemistry. Science became my religion. I stopped going to Mass. I didn't pray anymore. I seriously doubted if God existed. I had walked away from him completely, and I seemed to be doing fine without him. I graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry and a Ph.D. in Physical Chemistry. I landed my first job in Irving, Texas at Abbott Laboratories. Eventually, I climbed the corporate ladder. I was responsible for many products, millions of dollars, and many people. I earned several patents and had my research on the cover of a national magazine. I'm sharing this to give you a perspective of the enormous amount of pressure I was under. 
as well as the depth of the goal-oriented, high-achieving culture in which I was immersed. And during this time, I met my husband, Tom. We were married, bought a house, and started having children. I had it all. I had the exciting career, the six-figure salary, the family, the beautiful home, and the Porsche in the driveway. I was the classic type A personality. I was in control, and for me, life was perfect. Then something happened that would change my life forever. The next testimony is from Kitty Cleveland. She is a singer, songwriter, and inspirational speaker. Kitty has been delighting audiences around the world, having appeared in television, radio, in concert, and as a keynote speaker throughout North America and Europe. I was raised in the vibrant city of New Orleans, Louisiana, the first of six daughters born to Carl and Joey Cleveland. There was nothing extraordinary about my simple Catholic childhood. I was a plumpish child who daydreamed a lot and didn't particularly excel at anything until the sixth grade. It was then that we discovered, much to my surprise and delight, that I had a certain amount of artistic and musical ability. I had found my passion. My dream was to move to New York and pursue a musical theater career on Broadway. It had not occurred to me to ask God what plans he might have for my life, and my talents. I only wanted to sing, act, have fun, and have my dad take care of me for the rest of my life. Though my passion in college were singing and musical theater, I ended up graduating from Tulane four years later as a sociology major. The reality was that I had no plan and was terrified of what lay ahead for me. I had hoped to meet my future husband on campus but he never showed up. What was I going to do with my life? How would I survive? Since working in my dad's law office was my only work experience, I took a job as a paralegal in a large defense firm. After a year in search of a new direction, I enrolled in law school. I knew God wasn't calling me to be a lawyer, but a lukewarm prayer life and a fear of the unknown kept me paralyzed. After passing the bar exam, there were very few jobs available, so I begged my father to give me a daddy job until I could find suitable employment with another firm. To appease my growing discontent, I decided to get trained as a mediator and to participate in musical theater again in order to have a little fun. It was there that I met my future husband, Mel Rogers, he caught my eye with his tall physique and good looks. Mel did not exactly fit my preconceived idea what my husband would be like. He was divorced with two children, was not a practicing Catholic, and was 16 years my senior. But he was lots of fun and did an excellent job of distracting me from my unhappiness at work. After a few months, I was completely smitten and couldn't imagine my life without him. We were engaged less than three months after our first date and married the following year after Mel's annulment in the beautiful St. Louis Cathedral in the heart of New Orleans. 
I left my dad's law firm to register for my master's degree. My world as I knew it was shattered. When I called in to get my messages, one of the paralegals picked up. The FBI is here, and they won't let anyone leave, she said fearfully. And they want to talk to you, too. Thus began a nightmare for my father and our family that would only end years later, after many tears and much heartache. Our last testimony is from Sister Bridge McKenna. She was born in Ireland. She has an international ministry of healing and evangelization that has taken her to many countries of the world. Since 1985, she has been ministering to bishops and priests. Sister is the author of two books, Miracles Do Happen, where she tells the story of her encounter with the healing power of God, and The Power of the Sacraments, where she explains how nothing can substitute for the power of the sacraments. For over 40 years since she was healed of crippling arthritis, Sister Barige has ministered hope and healing to countless people. If we are connected to Jesus, he can do great marvels. God has worked great marvels in my life. As I look back on what the Lord has done through me, I can say, for a human it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. My mother died when I was a child on Christmas Day. In one way, death seems very tragic, and it was very tragic because my father was left with a young family. I was only 13. I felt really desperate, being the only girl in our family. And I remember crying and thinking, what am I going to do? That Christmas night, the Lord spoke to me. I heard a voice. Brige, don't worry. I will take care of you. So began my journey. I never thought about becoming a nun before that night. That was the furthest thing from my mind. I had beautiful long hair, and the only thing I knew about nuns was that they had to have all their hair cut off. But after I heard that message, I woke, saying, I'm going to be a sister. I'm going to be a nun. I lived with my grandmother for some time, but every day, like a little plant, the desire to become a nun continued to grow. At that time, it was not hard for families to accept religious vocations among young people. I lived in a faith-filled culture where everybody went to Mass and everybody made retreats so I did not have any opposition. When I was about 14, I decided that it was time for me to enter the convent. I could not get it out of my mind, so I went to the poor Clares. I wanted to go right to the top, not to any second-in-command. I wanted the highest authority, so I asked to see Mother General. I was brought before this big nun, what a sight I was with my long ponytail and wearing my school uniform. She asked, What do you want, child? I want to be a nun, I said. Hmm, how old are you? Fourteen and a bit? Oh, come back later, she said. So two weeks later I went back. It seemed to me long enough for her to make up her mind. She said, I meant later. 
so I went back three weeks later, and I kept at her. She took me in when I was a little bit over fourteen and a half. I became an aspirant and started on my journey. I loved it. Nothing they asked me to do bothered me. At fifteen and a half, I was given away at the altar by my father. I was dressed as a bride and presented to the bishop, who represented the church. Everything was going fine. I made my first vows when I was sixteen. Now I can explain about my experience in this way. Did I know I took on a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience? Did I know what I was doing? I definitely did not. For one thing, I had never been in love. I had no crisis to go through. And obedience? I had only been to school, and it was a way of life. Now, over 50 years later, I can tell you that I do know what it means. At 17, I had to have my appendix removed, and it was after this surgery that my feet and my hands began to bother me. Some thought it must be a symptom of unhappiness because they could not see anything wrong with me. I kept getting worse, and finally I was diagnosed with crippling rheumatoid arthritis. My feet and hands were becoming deformed. I spent a year in and out of the hospital with casts on my feet. Eventually, the doctor told me that there was nothing they could do with the exception of trying to ease the pain. I had made my first vows in 1962 at the age of 16, before I became ill. If I had been diagnosed with crippling disease then, I would not have been professed in the order. I believe that is why God orchestrated my entering the convent while I was still very young. After my final vows, I volunteered to go to America. At that time, Florida was a mission territory, and I was going to the missions. I came to Florida thinking, this is going to be the answer to my prayers. Everybody told me that Florida's climate was beautiful and that it would be a great place for my health. When the Mother General sent me from Ireland, I came with five chillings, which is probably worth about five dollars or so, and I was told to bring the change home to Mother Superior. Imagine that. After I arrived, I went to college, taught little ones, and was a cook for the nuns. I had never cooked in my life. Those poor nuns had to eat what I made. All the while, my arthritis got worse in the humid Florida climate. But I was happy. I loved people, and I never had any doubt about my vocation. In all these 50-plus years, I know where I am where God wants me to be. But did I know the Lord? That is a different story. We hope you have enjoyed these three inspiring testimonies of Diane Bates, Kitty Cleveland, and Sister Breege McKenna. If you'd like to hear the rest of their story, and many more, you can purchase the Magnificat Proclaims book, a collection of powerful and inspiring testimonies, by visiting our store online at magnificat-ministry.net. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. 
You can also email us at MagnificatCST at AOL.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.